I'm going to out of the big book. It's on page 49. Hold on here. Page 49, we agnostics. And I'm just going to start at the paragraph that says instead. All righty. Um, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearhead, spearheads of God's ever advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end of all. Rather vain of us, wasn't it? We who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths those face have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to amuse ourselves by cynically discussing spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. Instead, we looked at the human defects of those people and sometimes used their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. We talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. We missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. Amen. Uh, with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Mr. Hederman. Take it away, Paul. Thanks, Kerry. Um... Nice to see everybody. This platform is uh, is really here to emphasize the exact nature of the wrong and the activity of how that exact nature of the wrong defeats us through its manifestations. The idea of uh, God or not God. Uh, that's, I think they confront, they uh, dealt, dealt with that with the higher power of your own understanding. So your own understanding may be there's no higher power, but it doesn't matter. It's just going to, uh, if you do what we do and uh, go where we seemingly go, you're going to get relief from alcoholism. Yeah. And the underlying condition is, is the uh, bondage of self, obviously when they talk about drinking and using are just the symptoms, the underlying condition is really the bondage of self, which is any life run on self-will is hardly going to be a success. And basically we may be calling, we may be calling the life we're running on our will, but it's actually self's will really. And so how could that be? because we're under, we're under the influence of this idea that we are a self, basically. And there's faith, which I believe we all are, there's faith in that assumption, yeah? So we live life uh, on our own propulsion, so to speak, when there's so many unsuspected inner resources that we could tap into. So uh, 
a lot of people may live under the influence of self and, you know, keep going on. Uh, some of us, if we're real addicts and alcoholics, it usually takes us to a point where <laughs> something has to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, it's not like the elephant grows, yeah, as they say the problem, you know, progresses, the elephant grows. So if it's a baby elephant and you're gonna, uh, and you felt like you got enough space from the baby elephant by doing managing, controlling or whatever, denying the drinking, that elephant starts squeezing all of your little plans and designs out of the room. And so basically, uh, and if you don't get intervened on by the police or something else, this, shit's going to happen. So we're just an extreme example of self-centeredness run wild, self-will run wild. And I feel, you know, a lot of times we learn the best from a flamboyant contrast. And I believe we're almost like the canaries in the coal mine or the guinea pigs or the, what is it? The spiritual crash test dummy. And uh, a lot of people can learn from us uh, about the underlying conditions that may not be so uh, pressing or noticeable, but they can be noticed in a, a wild addict alcoholic life. So uh, that platform is rooted in page 64, if you're new here, second or third paragraph, being convinced, which is a primary requirement in the beginning of recovery, being convinced. Uh, self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. If we're convinced of that, we will look at its self's common manifestations. And then the next paragraph is resentment, which is a one of the common manifestations of self we're going to look at to get a certain sense of self, really. Yeah. So recognize the the role of self in our lives, not so much the role of resentment, fear, and harming other people and attempting to correct that, that's all fine and well, but the real underlying conditions are those manifestations aren't yours. There's something that's living in you as you, and it keeps talking to you as you. And uh, <laughs> it says it so beautifully, you know, you make a decision based on self or fear, it sets off these trains of circumstances. If the act of being identified as self isn't noticed, you're basically making every decision based on self. And so you're really living a, a life of self for self's sake, not yours. <laughs> yeah. And it sometimes it becomes really obvious that something's getting its agenda met, but it's not feeling like it's you. Yeah. Something is using you to get what it wants and what it wants doesn't really bring the best uh, results for you. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yet the trance is constantly being uh, administered and reinforced that we can keep on living, even though we've be, been defeated by something foreign to us, we'll keep relying on it. Yeah. So, that which has defeated us, many of us are still relying on it. And I believe the us, no matter what you think you are and stuff, I feel what we represent is faith. Yeah. 
not a faith. In we are faith. Yeah. When they when they said faith can move mountains, they didn't say a faith. They said faith can move mountains. It's not like a force. Yeah. And it's coming through all of us. And when someone says, you know, they don't believe, there's faith in that. Yeah. You can't get out of the role of being uh, of being that faith. So when they say perhaps there's a better way in the book, we're called trust. Yeah. And it says perhaps there's a better way. Instead of trusting finite self or having faith in finite self, we're going to have faith in the infinite. Yeah. That's what we are. We're this force, and this force that's going to appear as Paul, this historical life, this force is going to manifest in this life by what it's put in. And so they explain how fucked we are, and you admit it in the first step and stuff, and then they say perhaps there's a better way that you can live life on a new basis. Not talking about Nina or Paul, literally, but really the faith that we represent. Because look at what faith in the thought system has produced in our lives. Some of us have everything going for us. Our body is healthy, we got cash, we got this and that, and yet we're riddled with anxiety. Where is that anxiety coming from? It's not coming from the circumstances of your life. Your life's pretty good, yeah? It's coming from the head where the problem resides. So the head is convincing us as faith to have faith in what it says and what it presents, which is mostly false evidence. And when faith is put into false evidence, it appears real to us. <laughs> Thank God that if you go into a program of recovery, it won't appear real to some other people let's say your sponsor, who will call you on the bullshit. So if you're willing to share these great ideas, he, he or she may say, hey, that, I think that's false evidence appearing real. What? Yeah. I think we should do an inventory. On what? On wh how self has defeated us. How does it defeat us? It doesn't defeat us with false evidence. It defeats us by convincing the faith to be put into the false evidence. Because then suddenly the false evidence appears real, we act on that, and then consequences ensue. And you know, one night being directed by self can end up in a 20-year prison sentence, you know? I remember I had a, we have a big prison near here, San Quentin in Northern California. And we have a lot of AA people go in there. So I had the privilege to share at this yearly event where all the people and all the, all the prisoners they worked with, they have a big like ice cream and dessert thing. And then they have a, like a speaker meeting. And so I was gonna speak and the three people that spoke before me were all prisoners and they were all in jail, in prison, based on vehicular manslaughter. They killed people while drunk behind the wheel. Two of them were in blackouts when they did it, so they can't even remember what has put them into prison for 15, 25 years. Amazing, eh? And they were sober in prison, which is more amazing because 
sobriety can outshine any circumstance or situation self sort of brings you to. It can. You can be sober anywhere. Yes? Yeah. So it was, uh, I've had so many, so many, so many observations and examples. You know, I've met tons of people and most of them, they were just transportation for alcoholism. I met alcoholism, really. They sounded like tons of alcoholics I'd met before, and they've sounded like tons of alcoholics I've met after. Yeah. So a lot of times in AA, I don't meet many people, really. I meet a lot of people taken over by alcoholism. And the alcoholism is talking just like it talks every other time. And I can be an incredible fortune teller. I can tell what their life is going to look like without knowing them. I don't have, don't have to know, are you married? You, nothing. All I need to know is they're alcoholic, real alcoholics. And I can basically say, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, there could be some creativity in getting fucked, but it's going to be basically the same determination. Yeah. It's incredible. And then I love when suddenly that alcoholic calls me and I hear from Bill. Yeah. Or I hear from Steve and it's fucking great. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes I hear from Steve as alcoholism again. <laughs> and now Steve's out running around like crazy. Oh, it's just insane. So here's a humble idea. That's all we're putting out there. Do with it what you will. I don't really care. What I'm impelled to do is share it. That's all. And it comes from a vast amount of relief I've gotten from it. <laughs> so if you want it, far out. If you don't, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, no. So I believe, listen here, please. I believe the mental state that alcoholism resides in is in the act of constantly living life as if it's a self. And to describe that idea of self, the picture of it would be a body, yeah? But the what that body represents is that you're the thinker of the thoughts, the feeler of the feelings, the doer of all the actions, no matter how, if you could, if you were possessed by the devil, the stubbornness of this belief that you're the doer of it, you would probably think you did all that shit you did while possessed by the devil. That's insane, isn't it? You could have an incredible fucking, from the deepest depths of hell, a demonic possession took over, and your story would be, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. This is how strong this bondage of self is, yeah? But it weakens if you can see it. If you're looking from it, you're probably going to keep looking from it. But if you can see it, because that is the spirit. The spirit is the light or the awareness of all things. Yeah. And we are of that. Even if you don't believe you're of it, you're in the vicinity of it quite often. <laughs> I say it's always available at all times, right where you are. So I think it's pretty close. And 
if there's a reliance on that instead of self, you're probably going to live a happy, sober life. Or maybe what would look like an unhappy life, but you'll travel lighter through it. Yeah, there you go. That's the humble thing. Now, I had an event here through recovery that I saw the word self as foreign to me. It just, I, I, for the first time when I saw or heard that word, did I feel distance from it. I felt completely distant from it. I saw it as something foreign. And ever since that day, I've lived this program based on that revelation, yeah? That self is a foreign agent that infects us and talks to us as us. And we basically live out its agenda for us instead of our agenda, yeah? And we're outmatched. Once it has us subdued and has us taking ourselves to be the parasite that's actually infecting us, we're pretty much a goner in a way. And that AA constantly emphasized there's going to be no human power that's going to be able to help you in that level of condition. Yeah. So we need to seek a solution, not from the problem. We can't go to the mind, the mental activity to get out of the mental activity. So unbeknownst to us, maybe intellectually or conceptually, we have an idea, but it's not having a big influence on our life, is an unsuspected inner resource the spiritual condition as they talk about it in AA, yeah? And we're going to do some activity, try to stay sober a day at a time, don't drink or do that, and doing by staying sober and doing these activities, we're going to allow a new basis to be established, yeah? Which is going to be trusting the infinite more than trusting finite self. And also not trusting the infinite as finite self, which is just more trust than finite self. Yeah. A distinct difference, new happiness, new freedom, not old revamped, rehabilitated happiness. No, new freedom, new happiness, new attitude, new outlook, a whole new basis in life. Instead of living from self as self, we're going to live from spirit. Yes. That's it. And we can't produce that, but if we live this way of life, it will be produced, yeah? There will be a sufficient enough loss of interest in self. In other words, all that faith that will be going into self will now be redistributed and go somewhere else. And for many of us, we found our life has been enriched by that migration of faith from self to the infinite, yeah? And we're very clear, we, had, we are not the cause of the migration. We don't manage the migration. We don't control the migration. We just observe it and we, ex we experience the expression of it, yeah? And that's why it's funny. It's not really, but the way they describe the effects of relief in, in our lives as alcoholics from this program is so intimately spot on from anyone now in 2023 who's getting the same relief because we're getting the same relief from the same tyrant, yeah? Yeah, there's no unique alcoholic. 
There's no unique addict. Yeah. You talk to one of them, you've talked to thousands of them. <laughs> it's the same, same. You know what I mean? It is. It's just. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. See, you can see the alcoholic, but the alcoholism there is seen as Paul, let's say. That's why I spent two years in a program. I didn't like them. They didn't, I didn't seem like they took much interest in me, but they, I looked, I did a whole lot better with the way they saw me than the way I saw me. Because when they were treating me as a, as a fucking washed up addict, it worked a lot better than if they would have treated me as Paul. <laughs> I had two years of that experiment. Something got through. I'm clear. Yeah. So if you're interested, do an inventory. Just start a little one and do it like the way most people tell you, which is look at your fears, your resentments, and then maybe just take them and maybe look at your fears as fear and your resentment as a resentment. Yeah. And I bet you you're going to travel a little lighter than you did with them as being yours. And let's say that little lighter in that one little example is going to signify a huge amount of lightness in the rest of your freaking life. Yeah. Why would you want to call self-manifestations yours? Yeah. And don't you, don't, you must have seen um, a, a domesticated resentment can live for 60 years. <laughs> I mean, really, a resentment comes and goes, but my resentment can you know, just fucking go on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the head has its own library. It has the book of resentments, the book of fears, the books of harms other people have done to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all it's reading material. It just keeps reading about itself as the as the victim, as the, the one who has the real honest justified grievances. Yes. It's killing you. You're getting killed by uniqueness. You're just getting killed by it. Yeah. You're gonna end up alone and you're gonna be right about some shit. <laughs> that's what you get. That's the big booby prize of self. Oh yeah, you'll be right, but you'll be fucking alone and lonely and shit like that. No one will want to see you. <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, so this was very important in my life in recovery. It was a it was uh it was a, a major turning point and I'm just hoping to share some kind of sense of the relief that it's given me all these years today yeah so check it out read the read page 64 uh and then you'll see so many times it says any life run on self-will probably going to be success you make a decision based on fear or self it sets off trains of circumstances you've been driven self something self is imposing shit on you it doesn't sound like it's you it sounds like something is attacking you and it's attacking you as you <laughs> but it isn't you hallelujah yeah please hallelujah
When are you, you're not going to be let off the guilt and shame hook. I've seen people with 40 years and they're still ruminating over shit they thought they did under the, while under the influence. You did not choose to do the shit you did under the influence. That which was influencing you directed you there. How about that? Yeah. So, yep. All right. Kerry, I think Kerry left. He's, uh, I have to keep riffing, I think. Here he comes. Uh, he's brought some uh, cabbage or cauliflower. Judith, uh, duty call, duty call, man. Um, are we looking for someone to uh, ask a question? Anyone? Uh, I'll ask a question. As All right. Anyone here who has done the example, the mini example of inventory, looking at resentments as self's manifestations, raise their virtual hands. What was the question? The question <laughs> is, have you done a little inventory and instead of calling the manifestation of self yours, at least in a written way, you've called, you've seen, looked at them as resentments are manifestations of self. Yes, yes, yes. Yes? Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, then there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of you can do something after the meeting, if you have any time. Just do a five-minute thing. It doesn't have to be an alive fear or resentment. Take any one of your classic resentments that have been refelt all over, over and over again and just view it as something other than yours. You'll see something. It'll feel different. And then you'll start feeling different. Yeah, you don't know the burden of the past is truly the weight that the head gave to shit we did while under the influence that we're still carrying now. That's the bondage or the weight of self. It has a field day in the past and the future. It thrives there. Yeah. So it's got you weighed down by all this shit you did or didn't do, which you should have done. Yes, it it plays both sides doing I should have done it. or I shouldn't shouldn't have done it. Yes, it just piles on. And now you're 35 years later and you're still walking around with that. I mean, how many mea culpas can you do? I mean, Jesus Christ, you aren't that important carry around guilt and shame for shit that you were compelled to do, that many of us have done the same behavior because the same thing that compelled you compelled me. It's not called Paul or Nina. It's called alcoholism, selfing, whatever. Let's get it clear. Yeah, the shit I did, I couldn't have come up with if I thought for fucking hours about it. I mean, who wants to go to jail on a Tuesday and return on Thursday? I mean, shit. That's what would happen to me. I'd do the same shit that got me arrested on Tuesday, get arrested on Thursday, I'd be completely surprised. How could have this happened? I did the same thing I did that got me arrested on Tuesday back on Thursday. It was like I was out to lunch completely. Yeah? I didn't even know a punch hit me until like hours later. How are you going to survive this <laughs> you know, the greatest quality we have is awareness. It is. 
we can be aware of beauty. We can see beauty. We can be aware of peace of mind. We, there's a lot of things. The head to get its way has to make you like out to lunch, almost like you're in a trance. You're not aware of, any, of anything. You're just living on a consequential level and you don't, you can't see the punches coming. You're just getting whacked left or right. Yet the quality, the unsuspecting inner resource is a clarity of light that's readily available. That you could see your role in shit and then see its role in shit called selves. Yeah. But that light is getting misdirected. It getting, it's just getting submerged. It's, you know, let's just go put a lot of light on past grievances. How, how can you dwell in that place? Yeah. Look at the head, the thought system. When do the, when do the thoughts happen now? Are they always about now? Very rarely. They're usually about yesterday and tomorrow. Yes? You just saw the whole value system of the mental state. It uses now, not to enjoy now, but to dwell on yesterday and tomorrow. Give me a fucking break. You want that to be directing your day? Do you really? You tell me, is there's thought necessary? Does the now need to be thought about right now? Does it? Or so you would imagine that if the system was geared for our maximum use and the betterment for ourselves and others, it would cease now. It would bring news bulletins like you got to go to work or get off this at 1130. But they wanted, wouldn't be this, these like this committee of psychiatrists going over your fucking motivations and shit like that. It wouldn't. But all of this obsessing over self has, an, has a, a purpose to the head, which is to reinforce the idea that you are a self. It can't do it in now. It has to use now to do it through past and future. You as what you're not is remembered. You're remembered as the doer and you're pictured as gonna be the doer. You're remembered as the thinker and you're gonna, and you're, you're projected to be the thinker. You're bound to self through the past and future. And the past and future seems to have more meaning or influence now than the now has. That's unbelievably mind-boggling. Talk about being off point. You're here, yet one of the most important things that you rely on is not. It's incredible. It's just, it wants to, you know, drink from the trough of yesterday and tomorrow. You go to Hawaii, you think about California. I mean, New Jersey. You're in New Jersey, you think about Hawaii. Fucking doesn't work. I can't wait to go on vacation. You think about work all the time. It just doesn't work. Yes, the head's insane. It has an agenda. It's just not yours. <laughs> That's all. I mean, it isn't. 
it goes contrary to your wishes all the time. Yeah, so it seemed to me over the years, this has become the most important. Uh, well, the most important thing, obviously, not to drink and use and just enter the recovery, whatever that is for you, AA, Al-Anon, whatever. And then with that basis to see maybe the exact nature of the wrong so that you're wanting your idea of living a life of a solution isn't reinforcing the problem. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Chazelle, you're up. Giselle. Hi, I'm an alcoholic. My name is Giselle. I forgot to take my hand down from before. <laughs> I don't have anything to say, but I oh, okay. I love what you shared. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome, Giselle. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for that share, Giselle. Um, anyone else want to raise their hand? Me? Anyone? I know Paul's got to leave early, so. 804 Tom, here. Tom wants to, I think. And oh, Oliver. Oliver. Okay, first, it uh, looks like Oliver beat him out in Tom. All right. Oliver. Hello there. Hi. Hey. So uh, what happened the other night after the meeting was I was having a brief conversation with Mickey about something, you know, just uh, raising one question about, you know, us giving the meaning to just about everything uh, and uh, uh, that we are the ones that are doing it. And uh, for a lot of, lot of time, I seem to have translated that as, oh, okay, I just need to give the right meaning to the certain things and I'll know the truth. I'll be okay. I'll, I'll have the wisdom and all that. I'll have, you know, things in order and uh, you know i'll i'll see the truth i'll know you know and uh, while you know that is not completely you know bollocks or you know bogus uh, actually the question that comes the the real question is you know what needs to know what is it that needs to know that claims that it needs the knowledge right and uh, where does that come from? And, you know, my mind telling me, oh, I need to know, I need to know. And uh, uh, that, yes. that's actually giving power to mind, you know, but it's not, that's not the way, you know, giving power to mind or just, you know, the objective, something objectivized, you know, or objectivized truth or, just giving a power to some entity that doesn't exist, right? And uh, for me, you know, it, it was a little bit confusing because, you know, this quest for knowledge or, you know, to, the need to know, it somehow seems, you know, more noble than other stupid quests that, you know, we get into, right? Because it's about knowledge and, you know, a hero's journey to the truth right and i guess that's why it was so well for me at least confusing right and uh, 
it's just yeah I, i'm just grateful for that I, i'm just grateful for you know having uh, you know hearing other uh, other stuff here other narrative just another narration that it's kind of you know just feels liberating from that from that typical chatter right yes yeah, yeah i'm with you I feel the same way. It's sort of, let's say, self wants has a feeling it needs to know, and therefore you keep acquiring knowledge through self as self. And then AA says a radical statement, which is self knowledge avails you nothing. So, wow, that's an incredible statement, really. Self knowledge avails you nothing when knowledge seems to be a lofty, high level noble concern yet the knowledge being used in the wrong hand so to speak doesn't produce the effect you thought it produces the opposite it strengthens that which you would like to diminish yeah so <clears throat> i like the idea of knowledge of self so if you have knowledge of self you're going to lose interest in self because you're going to see it's not you it's truly to me, that's the knowledge of self. It's not you. And when it's not you, you're going to lose interest in it. Just like in a conversation, you're trying to overhear when you realize they're not talking about you, you lose interest in it. Yeah. It's not like I got to go to a seminar, how to lose interest. You just lose interest because it's not about you. Well, the same thing happens in the head. You lose interest in the thoughts when they're not held as your thoughts all the time. You lose interest in a lot of shit because the idea, the interest was being held almost hostage concerning all that shit based on it was you. It was your shit and stuff. Yeah. So the relief isn't the way I thought. It's not uh, the relief of the hero. It's the relief from the hero, so to speak. So I don't need a historic, uh, heroic journey uh, any journey will do, <laughs> basically. That's yeah. we're all seemingly on a journey. So it's uh yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it was a whole different change of attitude and outlook for me. And it's reaped a lot of rewards. So that's why I'm compelled to keep showing up, I guess. I don't know, I don't really look at it, but I would think that would be a reason. Uh because, you know, let's just let's just say you went to 30 people to tell them about a movie you saw and said it was really good and none of them watched it. Yeah. I mean, you for you to keep doing that for 30 something years, you really must think that movie's really, really good. <laughs> because everyone you've talked about it never even watches it usually. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm never gonna think the wailing a Korean horror movie isn't good. It doesn't matter if no one I've ever told to watch that movie ever watches it. It still doesn't matter. Yeah. So yeah. 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 You the mental logic is infected with alcoholism, obviously. Yeah. The way you think, the way you understand, 
the way you the way you comprehend is all uh, severely influenced by an infection, so to speak. Yeah. Yet most of us are still trying to get out of self as self. We still haven't seen that. Okay. So, uh, or we see it, but we see it from uh, the heist already, the, from the burglary, some the, from, you know, after the crime. But most, most of the head is self trying to get out of self, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, all right, let's go with Tom. Nice, Oliver. Nice to see you. Thank yeah, you. you did a whole new kind of logic. The mental logic isn't the only form of logic that's available. Yeah, <laughs> there's lots. The unsuspected inner resource isn't like a one trick pony, it's got a vast amount of possibilities. You can see things differently. You can comprehend differently. Yeah. This is, we're trying to change what we're comprehending because the way we're comprehending never changes. Yes? So we've got a dispute about what we're comprehending and trying to manage and control that instead of just recognizing it. That, wait a minute, I need a, like Chuck C, Chuck Chamberlain's, you know, the book, I, a new pair of glasses. We need a new pair of glasses. It doesn't see like the old pair of glasses. Yeah. It's like you're going and you're getting a new, like, uh, you know, the, uh, the things that go over the ears. You're never changing the lenses. You're just changing the color of the, the glasses, but you're wearing the same old fucking glasses. This is about a new pair of glasses. Yeah. It works, I swear. Like it says, you'll lose interest in self and then you're going to gain interest in, in others. Others could not just be other people, but others, animals, whatever. Yeah, you're going to look at what you can contribute to life, not what you can get from it. You're going to have a whole new way of seeing things. Yeah, this is what happens with us. Yeah. Now, do you want to see that from the old way of seeing or do you want to let that seeing take over the old way of seeing? Yeah. Put the new, the new glasses on the new employer and dis and disregard the old employer, meaning losing interest in the old employer. Self. Yeah. And gaining interest in the new employer and the new way of life. I mean, my whole life, I wanted to get out of here since I've been six years old. Years ago, I realized there's no escape from an imaginary place. So I'm completely here now all the time. <laughs> Every second. I'm never not here. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm not feed, you know, filling my face with chips and shit like that too much. I'm just not here. I mean, I'm always here because I can't get out of here. If I could have gotten out of, I would have. I've tried drugs, fucking psychedelics, injections, spirituality, kundalinis, every fucking thing. When I come to, I'm always here. So I can't seem to get out of here. So now I gave up, which is great. Because the way you get out of here is completely being here. That's, that's the escape. 
Jesus, if I was years ago, I would have been doing the ayahuasca, the licking the toad. I'd be making a provision why it's still, I'm still sober. And I, but, you know, this is enlightening me. I'd be licking DMT5. I'd be doing fucking everything, really, to get out of here. That's basically what I'd be looking for. That was the overriding drive. I want out of here. Yeah. But as here, I wanted to be there. When I got out of here, <laughs> not realizing what I wanted to get out of here is here. This is Paul. I want to get out of Paul. It's not Paul, but it gets translated into Paul wants to get out of everything. But really, the innocent urge is wanting to get out of Paul. <laughs> Truly. It gets, it gets translated into Paul wants to get out of everything. So it's, I get captured by self, can't get out of self. I did years. Now the great, the great wisdom of no escape is there's nowhere to escape from. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, yeah. The journey may look a lot less heroic <laughs> and more just a journey. But you'll be travel light. You'll be traveling lighter over it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's relief. It's available. Yeah. Just not for you. That's the deal. To live life experiencing from your own absence, you can't be present for that. <laughs> the thing you're not. It doesn't work, yeah? So there's a loss of interest in self, and then there's obviously a gaining interest in some other, uh, you, know, by, you know, basis or condition. And now... That becomes the over the uh, the overly influential condition, not the mental one. So you're the let's what we call the spiritual condition becomes the dominant condition, and you show the effects of that. Yeah, and I would imagine you'd be quite happy with the effects of the new employer overriding the old employer. I do. Have you ever seen a peaceful crystal meth addict do crystal meth? No, but I've seen a lot of old crystal meth addicts peaceful now, but not through crystal meth. No. Period. I can't yeah. figure out which one it is. Yeah. So the crystal meth had a value. It failed. And finally, hopefully, the person gave up on all these fucking pursuits of trying to get out of itself as self and landed and opened up to the suggestions of this way of life or this design for living called recovery and now are reaping the benefits of that. And that life that seemed to be not well spent has huge value in helping others. So every second you were on crystal meth is being used 
to be of great value to other people who may still be on crystal meth. Yeah. The same thing with my life, what I did. When I overlooked my looked over my life from the point of view of self, I saw no, no fucking value in it. When I look at it through this other pair of glasses now, so much value has been extracted from that old way of life in my participating with other people. Incredible how much value has been extracted from it. Do you, I mean, seriously. You should not be the jeweler of your life. You should not be the one looking, seeing if it's valuable or not. Yeah. Leave that up to something that has a lot more expanded view. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm so stoked by it because I see value in everything. It's nice when I see it immediately, but inevitably I see value in everything. It may not be when it's occurring, but I see after it's occurring, a lot of value gets extracted from it. It does, everything, yeah. Yeah. What, is it, what does it say to give up all of us, the good and the bad? Yeah, it says, please take all of us, the good and the bad. Yeah, because your idea of good and bad could be way off, really. What your idea, or my idea of value and could be way off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how were you ever going to get forgiveness for yourself with all the shit that we did under the influence? Yes. I just don't see it. I think most of us are living out a prison sentence already. We're living in our own prison and we really truly believe with this fucking crazy logic that we deserve it because of what we did or what we didn't do that we should have. Yeah. I see a lot of people's behavior right now is based on a huge amount of past guilt. Just insane. Where does that guilt arise from? The idea of being the doer. Were you the doer of all that shit? I don't believe you were. Yeah. We give great praise to the higher power. Why not we give credit to where credit's due to that lower power that did through us what we would never have done by ourselves? Yeah. Just like the higher power is doing for us what we could never have done for done for ourselves something was doing through us what we would have never done by ourselves yes or no it's obvious yeah how are you going to really see clearly if you're giving praise but no not no accountability to the other yeah you're taking all the accountability for that which did shit through you, but you're trying to give all the accountability to the higher power, which is great. It's a nice way to live. It would be nice to apply that to the past. Yeah, it would. You know what it's like when you hear now gratitude, something It's obvious, something did for me what I couldn't do for myself, got me sober. Well, what about the other old employer that did through you what you would never done by yourself? Why not fucking send it the check? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about irresponsibility. I'm talking about accountability. 
there's going to be a certain point in recovery that you're going to move from thinking you did all that shit and seeing that self-compelled that behavior. You're going to get to that point, I hope, and seeing it as an accountability, not a responsibility. Yeah. So I made all my amends. I showed up as many as I could. I was accountable. I don't dwell on any of that shit anymore. I don't. Yeah. Because I knew I was moved to do shit by something inside of me. Yeah. I've been cleansed of this idea of being the doer. I've been cleansed of it. It may still have a, a reaction in the body, but the head doesn't run with it for 30 years now. Yeah. It puts the ball down quickly. Hey, it's mm. Mm. yeah. You know, if you're interested in this stuff, come to the other talks too a little bit, where we can go into more the idea of this mental state constantly professing you're the doer of a lot of shit you have nothing to do with yeah yeah we'll be doing one of them today at 4 30 pacific time get some knowledge about it so then when you see it maybe you'll see it from a different way yeah you'll see it with the new pair of glasses and maybe you'll see it as foreign to you not you yeah and maybe you'll travel lighter with your past and with your future. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, hey, Kerry, anyone else? Let's start saying goodbye because uh, I've got to get the dog out when the All land. Right. Um, Tom, you didn't want to say check in, Tom. Tom, you waited a long time. Oh, yeah. Let's bring Tom in. Come on. Oh, uh, no. I, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. I, if there's more time, I'd run this by you. But it's just everything, everything's changed. Everything's, I went from zero to 60. Uh, <laughs> I was in New Mexico in solitude. Now I'm back in Denver where I left four years ago. And, and there's uh, you know, a lot of spiritual groups and things I used to do. I had Kirtan. I went to the dances of Universal Peace and the Western Slope. And I had a fucking blast. I, fuck, I just loved it. Yeah. And then the mind comes in and goes, be careful, you know, be careful. You know, it sucked you in once before. And, you know, uh, that's, I just want to run that by you because, I mean, I'm getting asked to do kirtans and pick up, you know, start doing things again. And just do it. Don't be I failed a, before. Just do it. Do the stuff you're compelled to do. Have trust this process. It's just a, the shaky faith is, is a faith in self. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Just thought, why wouldn't you, man, you know, the kirtans. It was so weird, but I would do talks and sometimes people were involved, did kirtan. So they'd ask me if they could do kirtan before. As soon as they started, I was completely in the bliss for a second. You know, it didn't take us. I was available. And then I, I used to always end it with, OK, uh, here's the bad news. Yeah. But this <laughs> is the warning. It isn't about it's not like. You can walk down the aisle, the wine aisle. Yes. Yeah, it's not going to cause you to probably drink. So go fucking dance and shit. 
Yeah, that was it. It's just, uh, I mean, I love this stuff. I always have loved it. Yeah, um, great. Well, now you love, love it much more lightly. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And I do have a new employer today. And uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll travel lighter through it all. I mean, yeah. yeah. This is just a warning because it's not you doing it. It's something that happens mechanically while you're living. So while you're living, the head claims the living to imply something else. And it, for it to keep implying the something else, it has to start uh, directing a lot of interest and attention to the narrative away from the living aspect. So, yeah. So go ahead and live. That's the way, that's the, that's the point of it all. Yeah. I think that's all I wanted was your blessing. <laughs> well, yeah, you got my blessing. The thing is, you can live with a narrative. It's a drag to live as a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. You can live with a narrative. It's pretty funny a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is. It's not when you're seeing a completely different movie. Do you ever see there was a, you know, Woody Allen? He did a movie once a long, long time called What's Up, Tiger Lily? where he dubbed like a Japanese spy movie and he put his own his own uh, narrative in it. It was hilarious. I mean, it was pretty good. I don't know if it would stand up in time, but it was hilarious because obviously the characters were doing something serious, but the, how he narrated it or put words in was completely different. Yeah, this is what happens. The, what you are is a genius. It can make comedy out of old news clips, yeah? The old false evidence appearing real every night. It can take that and make hilarious skits out of it. And maybe no one else will enjoy it, but you will. Yes? Yeah, man. Uh, um, it's, I'm telling you, you can live with a narrative. It's hard to live as a narrative. Yeah? The head is going to have a narrative about your life it is it wants to suck you in and call it your life yeah is the narrative you have an understanding that it isn't anymore yeah there you go walk in faith in that yes this is the narrative has a lot of to offer comedically i swear it really it does i mean and you gotta, if sometimes uh, you can't be entertained all the time, you gotta entertain yourself a lot of the time, yes? I mean, I can't rely on someone to, to get me smiling, but I can smile all day because it's hilarious what's going on up here. It is, yeah? As long as it doesn't have an AK-15 or whatever, or like a fire hose, it's fine. You'll get a little wet, maybe. You're not going to get drenched. Yeah. The power has shifted. Feel the force. Yeah. 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 So good. I'm happy you're going. Yeah. And then, you know, you may be put to use there for other reasons also. It feels like that. Yeah. I bummed out a lot of Kirtan people, but it turned out good for them. But they were initially bummed out, definitely. <laughs> but it turned out uh, it turned out very well. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. I'm gonna start saying goodbye.
Michael Stacy, as always, the man behind the curtain. His henchman, Kerry, was today the henchman. Did a good job, Kerry. Kathleen G, as always. Oh, yeah, so we'll be here 4.30 Pacific time again. Same Zoom, I think, yeah. John, Florida. Nice to see John, as always. We got Jessica, Northwest England, yes. Mickey, I, I spent uh, eight days in Norwich. Eight rainy, all day, every day rain. It was a mind boggle. And they, I was doing talks there. They had me in a little caravan. Oh, it was a trip. Wow, that was super surreal, what happened there. All right, Mickey, nice to see you, as always. Daz, thank you, Daz. I hope it's going well with the family. Don't worry about it. Just uh, the best of Paul is on these, on these Zooms, yeah? And then, you know, if you feel like you need help with drinking and using or whatever, there's tons of help. Yeah, just, yeah. Mia. Cheers, Paul. Appreciate it. Yeah. Mia, as always. Nice to see you, honey. I'll see you in a couple of days somewhere soon. Yep. Oh, yeah. We're going to be in uh, Saturday's going to be a live meeting up in Auburn, Northern California. I think it's up on the website, hopefully. Uh, Kathy in Cleveland. Always a pleasure to see Kathleen. Giselle, Las Vegas. Pleasure. Joseph C., France. Jeff P., down in Southern Cal. We got Lee B. Nice hey, Lee dropped in. Nice to see Lee again. Alex and Jacob. I haven't posted, I haven't posted it yet because I forgot about I should put something about donations, Jacob. Okay. Yeah. And I can make a poster as well. Yeah, I, good. Yeah. Just a suggested donation, whatever. Is, okay. is whatever you want. Yeah. Got it. Plus more. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jimmy think plus more. <laughs> yes. Jimmy R. Nice to see you, Jimmy. Oh, we're getting a live picture of Jimmy. There he is. Kelly, Wisconsin. Oliver, Berlin. Thanks, Oliver. It's been a pleasure to meet you over through the Zoom, Oliver. Heiza, Minnesota. Warren at Nevada. Jay up in Canada. Toronto area? Yeah. Yeah, J.A. I'll see you in, uh, somewhere in Massachusetts, Chris. We'll be in Hudson Valley Wednesday and Thursday. I'm going to be in Great Barrington hanging out. I don't think we're going to do a talk there, but we'll have a talk. You know what I mean? All right. Nina, as always, nice to see you, honey. You can always call me, honey, also. Mina, Tina, it doesn't matter. Nina, whoever wants to call. Corey, nice to meet you, honey. Uh, we got, see the other side, Roman, Roman, there he is, Greg in Minneapolis, he, I hope he's feeling well, Terry, she, she made us, oh, a lovely return to see Terry up in Maine, nice to see, you. hoping all's been going all right, well, oh, great, Walter, yeah, sometimes the most I'm appreciated is never seeing me again, pretty good, yeah. Erica, 108. Nice to see you there. Rob S., Kentucky. Fletch. Andrew. Christine in Kona. Grateful Dave. Casa Undra, I guess. I think I butchered that, but nice to see you. 
I'm just going to case Cassandra and Bennett. All right. Uh, I think that's it, Rob. I think so. Hey, thanks, guys. Hopefully, I'll see some of you this later on. And uh, if you go to the website and it doesn't seem to have the day that's happening, just go to any Zoom for any day or bring it to the same uh, room. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul.